0: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's dot I.com.
1: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All, Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. What does that make you think of? If you said giant vehicles crushing rows upon rows of junker cars in a massive dirt-filled arena packed to the gills with screaming fans of all ages, then you'd be right. Flashback to 1988. After a grueling, months-long season in the first professional racing series in Monster Truck history, it had all come down to one final race. This was it. Big Vert. Big Vert? (laughs) What? This was it. Bigfoot. (laughs) All right. This was it. Bigfoot versus USA one, two of the most well-known trucks ever waited at the starting line to determine who would become the first champion in the history of the sport. Would it be Bob Chandler, the living legend and de facto inventor of the monster truck with his Ford built Bigfoot or would it be Everett Jasmer? A lifelong friend of Bob's whose Chevy-built USA1 always seemed to play second fiddle to the foot of big. The stage was set for an epic showdown, a decade in the making. But this nationally televised event was miles away from where it all started. When Bob Chandler started souping up his Ford F-250 in 1974 to promote his auto shop, he had no idea that his hobby would spawn a billion dollar industry enjoyed by over four million global spectators every year. So buckle up, put on your safety harness, slap on that helmet, and let's talk about the Bigfoot in the room, Monster Trucks. It's about
2: cars, it's not about ports. Monster Trucks.
3: Big Bigfoot. Big Fruit I love Big Furt. Mommy, I kind <laughs> want to see a Big this weekend. Mommy, can we go to <laughs> see the Bigfoot fruit this Sunday?
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you say it right. Oh, uh, Mommy, you know I can't see a <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Past Gas. What's up,
1: everybody? (laughs) Welcome to Past Gas. Today, we're talking about monster trucks. I am your host, Nolan Sykes, joined, as always, by my co-hosts. We got
3: Joe Weber. We got Joe Weber over there. Hey, fans. Truly fired up to be here. (laughs) And James Pumphrey. I'm calling
1: it early this year.
3: Happy
2: summer, everybody. <laughs> Happy summer. <laughs> it's here. Definitely it's felt summer, like it's, baby.
3: it's hot as hell already. Yeah, it's going to be 97 today, and then it's going to be 70 on Saturday, oh, which is going to be great. That's going to be very lovely.
2: Yeah, man. So I've, uh, I've decided I'm going to get really, really good at making salads this summer.
3: Okay. That's a good plan.
2: Like just, you know, off the dome, just like creative salads you wouldn't think of. Yeah. Like what? Well, last night I had a salad with um, strawberries, and I toasted some walnuts. Nice. A little bit of goat cheese. What? Some cukes in there for crunch. Yeah, Yeah. that
1: sounds good. Sounds
2: really nice. strawberry vinaigrette. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Yeah, dude. It was phenomenal. It was so good. It was like dessert, but salad.
3: Before I worked at Donut, I was going to start a little quick chop stop where I have like, you know salad stuff I mean, we have like five pre-made salads that you can just toss right there sell them mm-hmm. for like 12 bucks that'll sell in la
2: so like a sweet green mixed with one of those guys with the fruit cart yes exactly that's pretty cool i would stop
3: there yeah i feel like a lot of times i'm like oh, i'm so sick of eating fried chicken or you know smash burgers that's all i have in my neighborhood so i would love oh, yeah. if there was just a little stand that had a salad be great, and uh, if you did that, then I could be the delivery person, and we'd get a
2: t-shirt gun. And for a dollar fifty extra, we could just shoot the salad right down your throat.
3: <laughs> I don't have time up- for this. Give me the yeah. gun.
2: <laughs> you run up to the driver's window of a car. Yeah,
3: boom. Say it. If you don't want a mess, bring a small trash bag. Mm-hmm. Or like we put on the
2: uh, like one of those cones that dogs wear when they get stitches. Yeah. Oh, so it's like just a just jump it in
3: there. It's like a salad yeah, you shoot jet. shoot
2: the thing and it catches it. Yeah.
3: And then it forces wow. it into their mouth. This is oh, some real innovation. We better
2: get used to the
1: normal life because we're about to be billionaires.
3: <laughs> Another billion dollar
2: idea was monster trucks. That's nice. right, guys. Nice. Oh,
1: I wanted to ask you before we started, what would you call your monster truck? Uh, probably something to do with a Cobra. Call it the Kentucky Cobra. Kentucky Cobra. That's good. What's the gimmick? Okay, so it looks like a Cobra. Okay. Like, you know, like the El Toro? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's got like Cobra head kind of deal. Uh-huh, yeah. And it
2: would start as the Kentucky Cobra, but then as I got bigger, like the second truck I built is still like the Cobra, but then it's called Global Cobra.
1: Whoa, Global Cobra. Yeah,
2: Global Cobra.
1: And maybe like the the fans off the head, like the the wings of the head of the Cobra of the snake. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe those actually help you get more air because they act as wings. So you kind of float in the air for a little
3: longer.
2: Yeah. And I'd have a fire hose on the roof.
3: Oh, that's cool. So I could spit venom. Wait, <laughs> how does that fit in with the theme, though? Spit venom. But it's a fire hose, though. Cobra spit venom. Yeah. But what? The hose would be in the cobra's mouth. Oh, okay. So it's not a fire hose in the traditional sense, it's just a vehicle for the venom.
2: I was letting you behind the curtain a bit. Uh, That's how oh, we nice. do it. Maybe
1: you fill it with Fago too.
3: Oh. Yes. And like <laughs> yeah. the crowd's like shower yeah, me with purple. venom. Yeah. And
1: then it yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you shoot Fago yeah. out. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Joe, what yeah. about you, man? Global Cobra. Well, Global Cobra.
3: I've been thinking about my idea for about 25 seconds now, and I think I'm going to go with uh the body of the truck is a big juice box and the the like smokestack is a uh, straw, you know, coming out of it. And it's called hate juice. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and it's purple. Okay. It's the only one that does a rodeo flip. <laughs> hell,
1: hell yeah, okay. Wow. That'd be that'd be okay, that's cool. What would mine be? I feel like something like bear themed. Yeah, you yeah. Golden Bear. Golden Bear cuz you're from California. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay, Golden Bear, nice. And then my gimmick is that we don't build enough housing, so rent goes up really high.
2: Yeah, yeah, you pretend to be really progressive but you
1: hate yeah. homeless people. Yeah, we take a bulldozer to homeless camps.
2: Yeah, your car has a uh, your truck has a bulldozer on the front? <laughs> yeah. And uh during like the the like opening ceremony or whatever, you run over a bunch of tents. Yeah,
1: yeah. We we actually clear the stadium parking lot of like anybody uh-huh. like down in their luck. Yeah,
2: that's a solid gimmick. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool, dude. Uh, a lot of people are gonna like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, the West Side will love that. Uh-huh.
2: Wow. wow, that's some
3: inside <laughs> LA politics that everyone is privy to. no, it just happened in New York too.
1: It happens in all metro areas, I would assume. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into the history of monster trucks here. How about that? Sure. All right. Well, I don't have anything else to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hate Jews. Golden Bear and Global
3: Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> those I, I could see those actually. It sounds For like sure, a dude.
1: like a DJ lineup of like a very bad venue somewhere.
2: If anyone out there is in the monster truck funding game, <laughs> hit us up at passgas at donutmedia dot com. We are 100% serious about this, we have the time, we have the passion, uh, we would love to own three monster truck teams. That'd be great. We'd love to be the only podcast where every host owns its <laughs> own monster truck.
3: Team. We have the passion. We'd love the resources to do it. Yeah. All right. Where did monster trucks come from?
1: They're not exactly something you see driving down the street every day. Were they a natural evolution of the American pickup truck? Were they a random invention that someone happened to build? Or were they just a fun hobby for a truck enthusiast that somehow managed to capture the nation's attention? Judging by the intro that I've already read, I think it's probably (laughs) that third one. If you guessed the latter, you'd be correct. That truck enthusiast's name is Bob Chandler. Bob is a Marine veteran and a native Missourian who created the original monster truck, which was named Bigfoot. Bigfoot remains arguably the most famous monster truck of all time. And if you watch TV in the 90s, there's a good chance you saw a TV commercial advertising Bigfoot as a sideshow event at Supercross, Motocross, truck pulling, and mud bogging events around the country. I love Bigfoot. My favorite Bigfoot is the Bigfoot with like the 100 foot tall tires.
3: Yeah, Bigfoot 4.
2: They're like agricultural tires, yeah.
3: They're 13 feet tall. I remember this from the wheelhouse we wrote i'm a, I've always been a gravedigger guy Gravedigger is iconic as well mm-hmm. there's like a million gravediggers yeah the, the drivers like of gravedigger There's also like seven drivers for it too like yeah, and most of them are related. One of them looks like uh one of the monsters
2: <laughs> that fits yeah that tracks there's gravedigger ice whoa ice what mm-hmm. it's the same as Gravedigger, but it has a purple and blue color scheme that's cool. Ooh. I think I like that. It's like if you get buried in the winter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like the uh, White Walker. That's what the White Walker drives. Grave diggers hate the winter because the it's cold and the ground. Yeah, it's or- really hard to dig graves. Yeah.
1: Chandler's idea for monster trucks began in the 1970s. After a motorcycle accident ended his construction career, Bob founded Midwest Four Wheel Drive Center, an auto body shop in his garage. Business was good, and Bob spent his free time souping up his trucks with spare auto parts. On the weekends, he would take both his family and his trucks to off-road events around Missouri. Seeing the interest that Bigfoot generated among local crowds, Bob sensed a business opportunity to promote his shop. He added axles from a military truck, 48-inch tires, four-wheel steering, and even a new front end to match the latest model Ford. Next thing you know, crowds started gathering to watch him off-road this Frankenstein beast of a truck, and the first monster truck was born. The original Bigfoot, known as Bigfoot One, was built very differently from modern monster trucks. Whereas modern trucks are custom-built from the ground up, usually with a bunch of tube chassis and nitromethane burning engines, Bigfoot One was built atop an actual consumer-grade 4x4 truck chassis. Bob also upgraded the engine, lifted the suspension, and added the most iconic trait of all, tractor-sized tires. All this fun stuff being said, Bigfoot One did not immediately launch a new motorsport. It was one guy with a big truck. <laughs> it was more of a clever promotional tool for Bob's business. But that all changed a few years later in 1979 when Bigfoot performed at its first paid event at a car show in Denver. It wasn't long until various other exhibitors came calling. And Bob eventually started pulling in a steady stream of income from his hobby.
3: I've been watching uh, like pickleball championships on YouTube because I sweet. love pickleball. And it's, it's such a new sport that the pros are like <laughs> kind of schlubby and not that great. And you can tell like, oh, this is not the pinnacle of this sport. Like it's going to get more competitive.
1: No, because my mom plays pickleball. Yeah. And she plays with old people.
3: Out. There's some more mature teams that kick ass in it though. Like it's not like tennis. Like a lot of it is like very tame at the at the net, like two feet away from the net, just kinda like biding your time until someone messes up and then you capitalize on it.
2: Isn't pickleball just tennis without with less running?
3: Yeah. You get a little like wiffle ball style ball, but I'm the point is it's a fledgling sport. It's mm-hmm. gonna get more competitive. Mm-hmm. It kinda parallels this story.
1: Interesting. Pickleball is the monster trucks of stick and ball sports. That's what you're saying.
3: Yeah.
2: Thanks for putting it into terms that I will understand. Well, I
3: figured you love pickles. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing you would understand. Balls. (laughs) Gobble, gobble,
2: gobble them both up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yummy, 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 yummy. (laughs) A big break came later in 1979 when Bob received a call from Greg Blackwell, a Hollywood movie producer who had slicked back hair and sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) Greg wanted to put Bigfoot in his movie Take This Job and Shove It, a (laughs) dude-centric film about a bunch of buddies trying to save a local brewery.
2: Nice. nice. <laughs> uh,
1: I can get behind that.
2: Yeah, that's the kind of movie I like. <laughs> I bet they were. I bet all of those jokes
1: aged well. Oh, I bet there's yes. no casual racism or homophobia at yeah. all in those
3: movies, or so. like glory holes yeah. or anything. <laughs> yeah, I bet
2: you can watch that and you're like, mm, hmm, hmm, yep. All this is still very. Funny. I bet
3: there's a lot of women that have conversations with each other about something that are not men. <laughs> Totally. They're talking about Bigfoot. Well, not one to waste an opportunity, Bob contacted his good
1: friend, Everett Jasmer, to see if he would join him. Everett was a truck guy as well, and he fashioned his own monster truck he named USA One. It kind of sounds like a plumbing company
3: you'd see in the phone book. I think it
1: sounds like a jet. It
2: sounds sounds like like a a rib
3: place up in Burbank. A rib place.
2: (laughs) What if it can be all three? (laughs) <laughs> a rib place, a
1: plumbing place, and a jet. That, that's a- one-stop shop. <laughs> In a couple of weeks, the two men got their monster trucks ready for the Hollywood spotlight of take this job and shove it. <laughs> After the movie came out, that movie being called Take This Job and Shove It, uh, (laughs) audiences saw these huge trucks racing each other in the film. Both Everett and Bob had many people calling for event bookings and promotions. How many people saw this movie? (laughs) I mean, at least 50. At least. As their trucks became more popular, their size only increased, and Bob and Everett started a friendly competition to see who could have the biggest monster truck on the planet. That's fun. Oh man! I, oh oh man! That was a weird way I said. It. <laughs> oh,
2: oh man! man. Bigfoot. Uh, well, speaking oh, of, man, well, Bigfoot. you look at the
1: the the, <laughs> the poster. Bigfoot's on the poster for this movie.
2: Yeah. For take your job yeah. and show it. USA One looks cool as shit. He's crashing through a limousine. Dude serves those rich boys right. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, crash through that limousine,
1: Bigfoot. Get it, get it, it dude. <laughs> However, despite the movie success and uh, mainstream exposure. Barbara Hershey was in it. Oh, wow. Good oh, for Tim her.
3: Thormerson was in it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love those guys. Uh, Bob wasn't content with one-off shows. And after a comment, So was
3: Johnny Paycheck. Johnny Paycheck played
1: Hamburger. Johnny, Oh, we love Hamburger. <laughs> However, despite the success, Bob wasn't content with one-off shows. And after a comment by one of his employees about the truck's potential ability to drive over cars, Bob decided (laughs) to do just that and film it. The video of Bigfoot demolishing a series of junk cars made its way to a promoter who insisted that Bob do that in front of a crowd. Bob, do that. Bob, do that. Do that what you just did just now
3: said but that's that's my private life. I only crush cars in private. Listen,
2: Bob, do you want to save your brewery or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird how pretty weird how life imitates art sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you just your car just started a movie about a bunch of buddies trying to save a brewery. But you and your buddies in real life are trying to save a brewery. Now you're going to crush some fucking cars. (laughs) Yeah, I am. We'll be right back with more of this story, but first a word from our sponsors.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done. Well, I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well,
1: Unsure of how such a destructive act would affect the, quote, family-oriented brand of his truck, Bob was initially skeptical of the crushing car's uh, scheme, but ultimately he agreed. Bob took Bigfoot One to a motorsports event in Missouri and was met with a wildly enthusiastic crowd. After this event, demand got so high that Bob had to build another Bigfoot called Bigfoot Two to keep up (laughs) with the bookings. He eventually took Bigfoot 2 to the famed Pontiac Silverdome in Michigan, where its huge tires crushed a series of cars in front of 68,000 fans. Wow. After that,
3: Bigfoot was a star. Why wouldn't you just go with like Sasquatch or Yeti? Well, because he's got big wheels. He's got big feet, Joe. And a wheel is a car's foot.
1: Oh, now I get it. Wheels are like feet for cars. Yeah.
3: yeah. But tires are shoes?
1: Yep. yep. Wheels are the feet, tires okay. are the shoes.
2: Yeah. Wheels are the feet, tires
1: are the shoes, windshields are the eyes. The lug nuts are the toenails.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, gross.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's pretty
1: gross.
2: And the exhaust is the butthole. Yeah. yeah. As the appeal of the monster truck continued to grow, other drivers began building their own versions. With the industry becoming more competitive, Bob and Everett got a chance to appear on That's Incredible! A 1980s TV <laughs> series showcasing extreme stunts and other unique feats. Not those feats you're thinking about, Joe. Right, <laughs> Damn <in it>. <laughs> I'm on WikiFe right now. The producers wanted the two men to drive on top of over 50 cars in a row in a race to the finish line. Now, up until this point, the exhibitions primarily focused on stunts, jumps, and driving over cars. But racing was something that had never really been done before. Hmm. But Bob and Everett were up for the challenge. These
1: are just guys guys being dudes, you know? They're just Uh going to go for it.
2: Guys being dudes. The two men decided to up the ante by putting 66-inch tires on their monster trucks, much to the appreciation of the show's producers. Man, these guys are going above and beyond. They had big tires on before, but have you been to the green room? Those tires (laughs) are way bigger now. (laughs) However, with little time to prepare, they had to install the tires at the event and had no idea how greatly it would affect their ability to steer. Now, this caused a lot of issues for Everett trying to keep up with Bob during the race. The producers were yelling at Bob to slow down and let Everett catch up to keep the race interesting. While the race was a bit of a bust, it was a sign that monster trucks were becoming more and more mainstream.
1: I'm watching it right now, and they're going very slow because the tires are (laughs) so big.
2: Cause these things probably just had like big old
1: diesel motors that came in the trucks. Yeah. I assume so. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of unsprung weight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I love these vintage trucks. These are so cool.
2: I know. I love them too. The more that stuff looks like a car that you can drive on the
1: road, the yeah, cooler it is. Absolutely. Why, like,
2: old NASCARs are cool. Old, uh, monster trucks are cool.
1: Like you could conceivably see something like, like if I, I feel like you could go to Missouri today and still see a truck like this being driven around on the road. Yeah. Or at least
2: parked out in front of a restaurant. Yes. With like flags coming off of That's it.
3: That's what I'm going for with my forerunner is that that old 80s. Monster truck? Mall truck. 80s mall truck? Yeah.
2: That's cool. That's a cool aesthetic. By the mid-1980s, the monster truck was becoming a national cultural phenomenon, with Bob and Bigfoot becoming the face of the entire industry. He reportedly earned as much as $10,000. Wow. Every time he (laughs) destroyed a few cars. Monster trucks lined up well with the cultural ethos of the time, with a focus on consumerism and a bigger-is-better mindset. If, If you could have a house, why not make it a mansion? If you could drive a car, why not make it a monster truck. Bob continued to build more Bigfoots, or as we like to call them on this show, Big Feet. <laughs> Not only to keep up with demand, but also to compete with the ever growing field of up and comers, or as he liked to call them, those rascally kids. <laughs> this included trucks like King Kong and Barefoot, B E A R, which would actually be a
1: paw.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, which appeared in a ZZ Top music video and an episode of Night Rider. Whoa! But but Bob and Bigfoot were still the number one draw in the sport by a wide margin. In 1985, he sent various models of his Bigfoot trucks to over 675 events, an average of nearly two per day every single day. Oh my god!
3: The, the appetite for monster trucks is insane. Yeah, but era. take
2: monster trucks is insane.
3: <laughs> is that a Megadeth song? Uh-huh. What, what's that, the big, like, robot Godzilla that eats trucks? Truxilla. Truxilla? <laughs> I assume. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Truxilla. Or Carzilla. What is that thing's name? He doesn't eat monster trucks, he eats cars. It's called Robosaurus. What? We Robosaurus is a transforming dinosaur robot created by Doug Walecki in 1989 to eat, eat cars. In
1: 1988, as the sport continued to grow, TNT Motorsports, a promoter of tractor pulls, mud racing, and monster truck events, launched the Monster Truck Challenge, a new racing series. This was the first time a racing series would exclusively feature monster trucks. Really? The first time? In addition, the event would be broadcast on ESPN, which at the time was still a fledgling sports network. And this provided a big boost of exposure for the sport.
3: That's when they were called every sport plus news. Oh,
1: that's what that sounds or that's what that stands for, huh? No. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine like uh, watching Stephen A. Smith talk about monster trucks?
3: Yo, his hot takes on like <laughs>
1: yeah, his yeah. hot takes on like on USA One versus Bigfoot. Oh, God, Bob and Everett were invited to be part of this event, but more than just being participants, they were the top billed acts of the whole series. With the event being marketed as showcasing the rivalry between the two legends of the sport, Bob Chandler versus Everett Jasmer Bigfoot versus <laughs> USA One again, Berg- Bigfoot, <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot. Why can't I uh, say it? Bigfoot. <laughs> why, why can't I say it? And it won't be good for me, mommy. look,
3: Bigfoot.
1: Mommy, look, out, it's your bigfoot. Big bigfoot. versus U.S. Err. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Ford versus Chevrolet. Ray. <laughs> Chirvallee. <laughs> but Everett had a problem. Once his Chevy-based monster truck, USA One, started getting really popular, he entered into a promotional deal with Chevrolet. This required him to attend a series of auto shows around the country in the early months of 1988. We're going to have a little scheduling uh, conflict here.
3: A little kerfuffle. A
1: little kerfuffle. A little bit of a a double booking. While this was a great business opportunity for Everett Jasmer, it meant that he could not actually race in the TNT Monster Truck Challenge until much later in the series than the other competitors. By the time the Chevy promotion had ended, USA One was way behind in the standings, and it seemed like the long-awaited race between the two men wasn't going to happen after all. Everett knew this, and knew that he had to take a risk to have a chance of finishing anywhere near the top of the standings of this Very prestigious event. (laughs) So, he decided to put a young rookie crew member, Rod Litzow, in the driver's seat of USA One. That decision single-handedly saved USA One's chances, as his monster truck somehow ended up in second right behind Bigfoot at the end of the season. The final weekend and final race would determine if the future monster truck drivers of the world would daydream of driving the Ford Bigfoot or the Chevy USA One. The final heat pitted the rivals in a head-to-head competition to see who would win the first-ever TNT National Championship. It was a very tight race, with neither one having a clear advantage over the other. Then, suddenly, as both trucks were throttling over rows and rows of junk cars headed for the finish line, USA1 lost control just as he got to the end of the track. But somehow, Rod Litzow managed to slide the nose across the finish line before it flipped onto its side, smoke pouring out of its engine. USA One had beaten Bigfoot, and the crowd of fans rushed the vehicle to cheer on the new champion.
3: Nice. Damn, this is crazy, dude. Rod Litzow.
1: Rod Litzow shouts out to the god, Rod.
2: By the 1990s, monster trucks had solidified their place alongside other popular motorsports like motocross, supercross, and drag racing. Beyond just racing and car crushing, however, the advance expanded to include a freestyle portion. This allowed each driver to showcase their truck's unique features and pull off risky stunts in order to wow the crowd. Although Bob and several of his colleagues formed the Monster Truck Racing Association, or MURDA, in murder
0: <laughs> in murder. 1988
2: it's
3: murder <laughs> what? who pronounces murder like that other than jaw it's murder murder. It's murder how do you even how do you talk like that all the time what mm-hmm. like what <laughs> <laughs> well they established
2: murder in 1988 uh to establish and standardize safety rules, this period also saw significant upgrades in safety regulations. The 90s were a big time for safety in motorsports. Trucks were no longer built on old pickup and SUV frames, but were instead completely custom-built using state-of-the-art safety technology like tubular chassis, long-travel suspension systems, and shock absorbers filled with nitrogen gas. Bob's Bigfoot number 8, which was already unique in that it was digitally designed with CAD, wow, back then, uh, was the first monster truck with these modern features. Within a few years, a vast majority of teams competing at a high level had incorporated these things into their trucks.
3: Back then, CAD was just a guy that you called up, <laughs> "Yeah, hey CAD, can you draw me up a truck?" Uh, yeah, you got the Adderall? <laughs> 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 is it invented yet? Uh, hello, Midland? <laughs> oh, okay, I know that one. Yeah,
2: the launch of Monster Wars now Monster Jam uh, in 1992 is another defining moment of this period. Bigger, better, and more capable truck bodies with more powerful motors and more effective suspensions pushed the drivers and their trucks to the limit. This also led to the introduction of new celebrity trucks the most famous of which was Gravedigger. Yeah, yo,
3: here we go. Considered
2: one of the most famous and recognized trucks of all time, Gravedigger's driver, Dennis Anderson, originally built him as a mud bogger back in the 1980s. Lacking the major exposure of the more well-known trucks like Bigfoot and USA1, Dennis built Gravedigger from the ground up using salvaged parts he could find for cheap. He famously beat Bigfoot in an ESPN aired event in 1987, one of his truck's first major victories. When one of the other racers jokingly ridiculed his truck's shoddy build, Dennis's clever retort led to his truck's unique name I'll take this old junk and dig you a grave with it.
1: <laughs> and the other guy's like, All right, dude, right. like, chill out. <laughs> like, this is a monster truck. Like, what? You're going to kill I'll me? I'll fucking kill you. What? Wait, what? <laughs> I will kill you and I will bury you in a ground. Dude, I get paid $50 a (laughs) race. My name's Rod (laughs) Litzow. That's insane. I'm going to kill you, dude. I'm going to kill you. In so much truck, I will fucking kill you.
2: I will kill you, but then I'm not done because I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do with your stupid
1: fucking body.
2: I'm
3: going to bury you with this truck, dude. I bought you a plot next to your wife. What?
1: (laughs) We'll get back to more past guests, but right now, a word from our sponsors.
2: Gravedigger was ultimately purchased outright by the owners of Monster Jam and subsequently used as a promotional tool for the entire Monster Jam series. It's in this era that we see a phenomenon arise that previously only Bigfoot took advantage of. The existence of multiple versions of the same monster truck with different vehicles and drivers to maximize revenue and attend as many events as possible. Now, you could say this is when monster trucks truly started to become a business. No more one-off gigs for gearheads who built and drive their own trucks. There were now professional drivers training for the chance to get behind the wheel of one of these famous trucks. Over the next decade, Monster Jam became the pinnacle of the sport. The owners of the series went on to sign a cable TV deal, significantly increasing their footprint. In addition, starting in the early 2000s, Monster Jam negotiated several major corporate sponsorships, including Hot Wheels, Marvel, DC Comics, Fox, Cadillac, and Advanced Auto Parts.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They also started creating new trucks based on well-known properties, such as Marvel superheroes, there's Superman, Wolverine, Spider-Man. I think there was a Hulk truck, maybe. If not, that's a huge... There's definitely a Hulk insane. truck.
3: Yeah. If yeah.
2: not, that's insane.
3: No, there's no Hulk truck. There's the one with the arms. No, but that's no not. no Hulk truck. No, no, you guys are wrong. If there isn't a Hulk truck, like, what the hell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why is there a Spider-Man truck? Oh, I guess oh Spider-
3: Samson. Samson is the one with the arms uh, on yeah. the front.
2: They should make Samson the Hulk truck.
3: Uh, it's IP
2: they could get. More people see Marvel movies than read the Bible.
3: Mm, Come at maybe me. Maybe not back then. Come at me. <laughs> There's no Marvel. Paul McCartney's like more people watch Monster trucks than read the Bible. <laughs>
2: uh. There's also a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles truck. Hell yeah. And trucks featuring popular WCW wrestlers.
3: That's cool. It's like Goldberg. Yeah, like Goldberg. And
2: Sting. Sting was probably a truck for sure. Sting's like a human monster truck. Years after it became popular with motorsport audiences, the sport was now a part of the big business of American pop culture.
1: Few things are more stereotypically American, male, and testosterone-fueled than monster trucks, but as always, the truth behind the stereotype is more complicated and multifaceted than its facade. From early on in the history of monster trucks, female drivers have played a big role on the scene. Deborah Michelli, known as Medusa, was a former pro wrestler who made her first appearance with Dennis Anderson of Gravedigger fame.
3: That's the dude that looks like, uh, that I just posted in the channel. He's, he looks like a actual grave. Oh,
1: well, she made her first appearance with him in 1999. She started winning free. She started winning freestyle competitions and eventually ended up in the first ever three-way tie at the 2005 monster jam world finals in Las Vegas. She even beat Dennis himself the next year, a competition, a competition in which she was the only female competitor. And Medusa wasn't the only one. After she blazed a trail for women drivers, numerous other women started entering competitions. This included everything from ex-beauty queens and professional rock crawlers to teenagers following in their family's footsteps. About seventeen percent of Monster Jam truck drivers are women, which is more than any other motorsport can claim.
3: I just realized what her her, her name is like Medusa, but Mad but Madusa. Matt oh Dusa.
2: damn, dude! Like if that lady with the snake head that turns you into stone isn't bad enough,
1: imagine yeah. if she's pissed. Now she's got a truck to run you over with and
3: dig you a grave. She's gonna turn you into stone, and then she's gonna turn you into mud. Oh, no. yeah, she's
2: gonna crush, gonna crush you with them big old wheels.
3: Gonna <laughs> crush you into, turn you into big mud pie. Don't be scared <laughs> of these big old wheels. They sneak up on you. They pull you under there. They pull you under this big old It's going to hurt. Don't be scared. What is this Cajun ASMR? Don't, right don't be scared. It's going to hurt. But not <laughs> part of the hurt.
2: You part of the swamp. You part of the swamp
3: forever. That's it's like That's an honor. Terrifying, but... That's an honor. It kind of like gives me the same ASMR like calmness. Like, I'm all, I'm all right with dying when you talk to me like that. Hey, you just stand there. It's going to start your feet. And you just let them big old
2: tiles pull you under. And now you part of the earth. You crocodile, you alligator food. You feed all the fishes and the turtles and the bugs. Part of the ecosystem.
1: All them fat cats. What if that <laughs> stop up in Washington D.C.? <laughs> in
2: 2014, Tom meets another well-known name in the sport. Launched a formal school and training program called Monster Jam University, which was based in Paxton, Illinois. Is that before Monster University?
1: Uh yeah, for sure. Wait, no, no. I no. don't think so, dude. That's funny. Originally yeah. founded, as, when <laughs> did Monster University come out 2013. Ha! <laughs> oh man,
3: riding the coattails. Monster
2: Jam University.
3: Damn, daddy!
1: Damn, daddy! That's a dude idea. That's
2: a dude idea. Jam,
3: daddy! daddy. <laughs> Damn, daddy! That's a dude idea. <laughs>
1: That's a dude idea, daddy. <clears throat>
2: Originally founded to train drivers of the original Monster Jam tour, it now serves as a go-to facility for anyone who wants to one day become a monster truck driver. Fuck it, dude, I quit. I'm going to Paxton, Illinois. This is my last podcast. Go Wildcats! <laughs> hey, next week he's like, "Hey guys, I'm back. I didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> they actually
1: my SAT uh, scores were too low. Yeah, they're they're very uh, very. It's very prestigious." should have done more extracurriculars.
3: Oh, you guys, this is a tiny-ass town. They
1: had a really great student-like gym area. They had to build it to be competitive with the other schools. They got like four volleyball courts.
2: Through a partnership with the University of Northwestern Ohio, the training program allows athletes to hone their skills under the watchful eye of experienced professionals. While it might outwardly appear like just driving, becoming a successful driver requires rigorous training and dedication. And not just on the track itself. Physically demanding exercise, media and public relations training, and proper nutrition are key elements of the curriculum. One such exercise has a group of drivers physically pull a 10,000 to 12,000 pound monster truck with a 10 meter rope attached to the front. Students are required to drive ATVs and speedsters to perfect their track driving skills before being allowed to drive the monster trucks. Once they prove themselves on the entry-level courses, prospective drivers can attempt some of the more dangerous stunts, like front flips or forward momentum double backflips. What? Yeah. In a car. That's a gainer. In a car. That's a double gainer, dude. So how does one get in? Typically, Monster Jam University will invite existing monster truck drivers to apply, or they will seek out drivers in other racing sports like Motocross or drag or probably a lot of sprint racers, I bet. Mm, dirt. mm -hmm. And then they'll gauge those people's interest in driving monster trucks. However, anyone can apply online and send in an application. Through their partnership with the University of Northwestern Ohio, 20 scholarships are provided each year to incoming UNO. That stands for University of Northwestern Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Students, this not only applies to prospective drivers, but also those seeking to become technicians servicing the trucks on the Monster Jam circuit.
1: Dude, we should go to this school every time. I
2: know. You have to be invited. I just quit my job. I just just emailed Matt. I quit my job. (laughs) Listen, Matt. I'm sick of fucking around. All right? Sick of messing around with all this video and podcast crap. I'm a monster truck driver, Matt. We've always known, okay? (laughs) I've always known. You've always known. Me and Joe and Nolan were meant to drive monster trucks.
3: And do double gainers. We're going to college for it. What if we all – do you guys want to share a dorm?
1: Yeah.
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, we'll have to triple up. If we triple up a
1: dorm room, we can save on, on tuition.
2: Yeah, dude. Yeah, and then we can get Natty Ices (laughs) we split,
3: <laughs> we'll split a mess hall uh, card.
2: Yeah, dude. Also, think of the hijinks, bro. Yeah. We're going to prank all everybody, dude.
3: We can use the monster truck to move the Dean's car. Oh,
2: dude, oh we
1: can
3: crush God. his but,
2: car. But the Dean's car is a monster truck.
1: Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they have a Greek life kind of thing. Everybody's
3: car is a monster truck.
1: Yeah, they got frats.
3: Yeah, the parking lot is a disaster.
2: <laughs> no, okay. The parking lot is a bunch of like crushed regular cars.
1: <laughs> you park on top of cars. They they also have a Quidditch club. That's more of like a 2011 thing. I don't know if kids are into that still.
3: Probably not kids. Speaking of 11 years after, or 10 years after 2012, no one.
1: As of 2022, Joe,
3: <laughs> the Monster Jam
1: circuit is the most popular monster truck event in the world, with multiple events held around the U.S. and Canada every year, usually between winter and early spring, when football and baseball stadiums are more available. There are also global events held across Europe, as well as Australia, Mexico, Costa Rica, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Japan, and Singapore, surprisingly enough. The Monster Jam World Finals started in 2000 and held annually are held at the culmination of the winter season, featuring some of the top-ranked drivers from that year. Often referred to as the Super Bowl of Monster Trucks, the high-profile nature of the event leads to some extreme performances, like guys hanging from hooks.
3: The big game of Monster Trucks.
1: Oh, right. It's the big game of Monster Trucks. Yeah. The track allows trucks to reach speeds of over 70 miles per hour before heading right into a hairpin turn. And the freestyle track has a wide array of unique obstacles for competitors to navigate, which results in trucks getting major air, dude, having to perform complex saves and, of course, periodically crashing. Although monster trucks quite literally started out in one man's garage, they've since become a national and global phenomenon with millions of fans around the world. As drivers continue to push their trucks and themselves to the extreme with technological upgrades, crazy stunts, and unique trucks to design with crazy stunts and unique truck designs, their status as one of the most popular racing sports will be around for years to come. What's up next? Well, electric monster trucks, the Odyssey battery Bigfoot number 20 made history in 2018 as the first ever all electric monster truck. But you know what I got to say? gotta have that engine noise for me to be like super into these things
3: so i i went to see a monster truck jam maybe 2017 at angel stadium down in anaheim and i had been to one before when i was a kid and i was telling all my friends they're comedy friends so they don't know i was like bring earplugs bring the heavy duty earplugs the most heavy duty you can find and This dude was arguing with me and he was like, no, we're going to be pretty high up in the stands. You know, like it's not going to be a big deal. We get there. He's the only one that doesn't have (laughs) earplugs. Immediately, I see like the first truck comes in and I see him like go (laughs) right away. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, man. That shit is loud.
1: Yep. Bring earplugs to motorsports events. That's what I'll say. That was a fun story. Love monster trucks. We gotta go see some man. We gotta go. We gotta go to. I think they do it at Angel Stadium.
3: Yeah, uh, that's what I just here. said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, it's a Angel <laughs> Stadium's really accessible. They got cheap beers. Should do Vegas. Ooh, that's too um, Vegas.
2: I went to I went to Monster Dream in Vegas.
3: Oh yeah, was
1: that fun?
2: Yeah, I went on the racing night. Like so, it's like a two night event. One night is freestyle, and one night is racing. Yeah. yeah. And the racing was fun and cool.
1: I wish I would have seen the freestyle name.
3: Freestyle's uh, visually more fun. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: All right. We got got some listener mail here. Mutaz writes, Hey, guys, your podcast helped me get through some tough times. Thanks for all the stories and laughs. I feel like Panos is an American manufacturer that hasn't gotten the attention it deserves. I was barely able to find any YouTube content on the brand and its history. Thought I'd suggest this for a podcast slash up-to-speed topic thanks Mutaz. so thank you Mutaz. yeah thank you for suggesting panos i definitely recognize them from gran turismo but that's kind of it yeah the esperante that's right joe um so we'll definitely look into that because i'm sure there's a reason why we haven't heard too much about it if you'd like to hit us up uh email us email the show hit us up at pastgas at com. Or if you want to hit Nolan up personally, you can oh, yeah. email his
2: personal email at mrsharrystyles.com M-I-S-S-U-S, mi HarryStyles at gmail.com.
1: I can't believe it was still available. Um that's yeah. a real email.
3: Oh, I want to give a quick shout out to our Egyptian fans who have been hitting us up on uh on my Instagram. Didn't didn't know we had fans in Egypt. Happy to have you guys. Justin
1: used to live in Egypt. He did.
3: Oh, is it Justin that's emailing us? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> like, let me in. <laughs> Can you guys open the gate?
3: <laughs> guys, if you don't know, if you're a fan of the podcast or our YouTube channel, we have a fun uh, inside member service called Donut Underground. Gives you access to stuff that's not on the main channel. There's some behind-the-scenes videos. There's some, uh, you know, Discord Access where we jump on from time to time, answer your questions, chop it up with you guys. Uh it's really fun. Join it through our main channel. Uh you get some cool perks.
1: Yeah, definitely check out the donut underground. Hey, thank you very much for listening to this show. If you'd like to follow the boys on all social media, hit up at James Pumphrey. At Joe G. Weber, Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes. Big thanks to our producers this week, Thomas Ulett and Gavin Kinzel. And our writer this week, Jerry Terhorst. Thank you. All right.
2: Just wait till it's a full moon. You go down to the swamp. Goodbye. You say hi to all the crooked deal. You say hi to all them little turtles and them bugs and them crayfish. You get down in that water, down in that mud, you become over that
1: swamp.
0: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because
3: I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because